Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, I'll say this for the Bucks, uh, and it's been mentioned a few times. They're keeping their drunken promises. When Bruce Arians said to Chris Godwin and Levante David and Shaq Barrett after the boat parade, uh, the boozing boat parade, I should say, that your butts ain't going anywhere, he wasn't kidding. And uh, all those guys are back. Add Gronk to that list, Rob Gronkowski as well. Can the Bucks go for two with a 44-year-old quarterback by getting the band back together? We'll discuss all that and more with my former radio partner, Tom Jones, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. And, Tommy, you know, I mean, I was there. It was, uh, it was a festive day. There was a lot of booze flowing, a lot of avocado tequila, uh, people hanging out of the trees on the riverfront. I mean, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a fog, not for me, but for them, I'm sure. And, you know, three or four times Bruce would grab the mic and, and uh, you know, they were on a, on a stage at the end of the boat parade. And uh, every time one of the players would get up there to speak that was a free agent, he'd tell them they ain't going anywhere. Well, I, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing some, some new accounting there over at, uh, you know, the Advent Health Center with Mike Greenberg. They're, they're mortgaging a good bit of their future, I would imagine. But you can't really blame them. And, and here's the thing. You know about sequels. I mean, will this work? Will this work with this this group of mostly uh, mostly older guys? There's a mix, but the ones they're bringing back, you know, they're not they're not in the rookie seasons. No, but they're important parts of this puzzle that yeah, the, that the Bucks have put together. You know, it's it's you know, Rick. We came into this off season and we were talking about how hard it is to repeat as champions. Mm-hmm. And the main reason, and you and I both talked about it last week on the pod, was that. Um, it's just hard to win one. So right. it's, it's, right. it's, you know, the second one obviously is just as hard as winning one, which is really hard. If you told me before the year, you can have any team or the field, I'll take the field every year in any sport, whatever you want to talk. Yeah. And, but the other reason it's hard to win, you know, th- that it's hard to repeat. A lot of things go against, you know, you have maybe the motivation isn't as great. Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, you have injuries, the schedule, you get everybody's best game, blah, blah, blah. But I think the number one reason, Rick, is usually the team breaks up a little bit. That's you, true. You lose guys. Yeah. And so when you came into this offseason, you told me, like, we'll get to everybody else Gronk, from Gronk on down. Yeah. You told me three guys, like there's three guys they need to bring back. Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. Shaq Barrett, and Levante David. And I would have said the odds of bringing all three back are, are, are not as good as you're going to lose one of them somewhere. Sure. And they brought them sure. all back. And I get yeah. it. Like Tom Brady has a, gets a lot of credit, but I give a ton of credit to Jason Light and Mike Greenberg for figuring this thing out. Rick, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. They're, they may not have the same team. And Donicum Sue will get into all that. And, and what are they going to do at running back? And they're going to lose maybe some other guys. But those three guys, you told me they're bringing those three guys back. I had to tell you, that's all I need this offseason. Those three guys. Bring them back and we'll figure out the rest. And those are the main those are the main cogs, right? Those are the, the the big spokes in the wheel. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Levante David, we know what he's meant to this team. He's still a very good player next to a young guy in Devin White. Um, you know, he he had a good year again last year, uh, over 100 tackles, all of that. 
doesn't show much of a drop off. Um, you know, clearly Shaq Barrett was the was the, the the biggest piece because we all know you can't find edge rushers in this league. Right. They're paid a premium. If he had made it to free agency, and you know, Tom, they took a gamble in a sense. I mean, they 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 put you mentioned puzzle, and I think that's a good word because this, as much as anything, is a puzzle. Um, you know, they could have franchised Shaq Barrett, at which point he'd have made one hundred twenty percent of what he made last year, which was fifteen point eight million dollars, whatever that would have been. And he'd have been very upset about not having a, a long-term contract. And, you know, he was franchised a year ago. Um, and yet, you know, had Chris Godwin gotten out there in the free agency, he's the one uh, wide receiver at 25 years old, a Pro Bowl to, to his name, his best years ahead of him, probably would have gotten a, a very big long-term deal, and they may have lost him in free agency. So they, they took the gamble that they, they franchised uh, Godwin and, you know, they, they went ahead and, and you know, uh, went the other way. And then Lamonte David comes back, which for what I thought was almost a below-market deal. And in fact, this is what I'm noticing, and it's not a small thing. And I think Brady deserves some of the credit, and maybe it's just being a champion and wanting to repeat it and have that boat parade again. But in, these are real dollars, I think, that some of these guys left on the table to stay here. Now, you can talk. I love having the tax argument, right? Well, Florida, <laughs> no, you know, like, stop it, okay? Right. Um, these guys have short careers. <clears throat> They're making the most money they ever will now. They're going to retire as young men, uh, as, you know, as, as society goes. But their life's work, you know, for the most part, their earning potential is, is over, unless you're Tom Brady. So I, I think that, you know, it's a really unusual thing and i'm not sure that that i've been around a lot of teams that have broken up um and you have too usually you know as soon as a boat parade is over you go i love you bro you know hey let's do this again next year and then you call your agent and say get me out of here i want as much money as i can get yeah you know i mean that's usually the way the conversation goes right you forget the next day what did i promise him again you know (laughs) like it's just you know it's just not that way and and yet this time these guys were serious when they say this is a special place. It was, it was a special organization. We got something special here. And I know, you know, you're, you're drunk with the, the, the euphoria of winning a, a championship. But there's something going on to where these guys really do love playing here. And for a few more million less, I think they were willing to stick. No, it's clearly that's what's happening. And I, and I give the Bucks credit and, and the front office credit for recognizing that. And, and getting those guys deals that – that they're happy with and, and that yeah. they're satisfied with. That's the hard thing. Look, I'm sure Chris Godwin's not like super excited. No, he's about not about being franchise tagged, but he's making a lot more money in 2021 yeah. than he's ever made in his life. 16 million versus 2.4 right. last he's year. He's going to make more money next year than he has his entire career combined. Right. By far. Or yours. Um, right. So, but, but to keep people happy, I remember when the lightning won the Stanley cup way back in 2004, and all these guys were good guys, and they were young. Remember, the, the lighting was like they were poised to win a couple, it seemed. And I know the lockout happened, and then the salary cap came, and everything kind of got screwed up a little bit. But they had three guys that they really needed to concentrate on long-term. Marty St. Louis, Vinny LeCavier, Brad Richards. And Jay Feaster had to play this sort of shell game where he had to make everybody happy. So one guy got most money per year. And he could go back to his to his you know his agent come back to him and say I got you more my, money my average is higher my yeah. your average you're making more money this year than any guy on the team mm-hmm. and then one of the other guys Brad Richards whoever it was was his contract was worth more total you know yeah, so right. 
he can his agent go back to him and say, your, your contract, you're making more money than anybody over the next five years. And then the other guy, they say, okay, we'll sign him to like a seven-year deal. And yeah, the you, longest, you got the yeah. longest commitment. You have this is the stuff you have to do. And I and I I'm sure there was there were some different things I'm not remembering from that, but that was basically a big part of it was how do we keep everybody happy? Right. And the same thing with the Bucks is how do we keep everybody happy? Obviously the first thing is there seems to be a commitment from everybody around that we're trying to win. And I think that's the first thing that players want. That's where it starts, yeah. Right. Are you helping me win? We're seeing this everywhere else, Rick. We're seeing this in I mean, Houston's got a major problem oh. with Deshaun Watson. And now grumbling's out of Seattle about Russell Wilson. And Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers was about six minutes after the NFC title game where he started griping about what he had and what whether he's coming back. The fact that the Bucks have figured out a way to do this. You know, it's funny, Rick, too, the other day I see Gronk. He's on TV with his, what is that, his wife or girlfriend or whoever, and he's talking yeah. about. Oh, I want a suit model. Yeah, I want to do yeah. Yeah. As we all want to have, and he right. says, "Well, we're gonna, you know, I'm gonna test free agency." That lasted what, thirty seconds, and then he signed. I, the- I I literally posted this video. He was on the Ringer, and um, you know, with his lovely fiance, and and uh, I I think he's engaged. I'm not sure, but his girlfriend, and he's talking, and they said, "Well, you know, what about it?" And he goes, "Well," and I didn't know this. He said, "I've never been a free agent. I was 22 years old." And I signed an eight-year contract with the Patriots. I didn't know that. I forgot wow, about no, that. Huh? You know, he says it was unprecedented. Yeah, yeah, it was. And he goes, and I played all, you know, I played the eight years. Then I retired. And he goes, so I've never had a chance to be a free agent. And he goes, you know, um, my heart, you know, my heart's in Tampa, all of that. But then he said, I'd like to dip my toe into free agency just to know what it's like because I'm year to year. And, and if I go through it, then next time I'll know what that's like, right, if there is a next time. Yeah, the water must have been really, really cold because he didn't get much of a toe in there before. It was like I no sooner had I posted that that I was like, oh, Gronk has 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 resigned for eight million dollars with a chance to make ten, and 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 all of that, and and you know all these salaries and contracts are are uh, you know have voidable years and they're they lower their cap value and and look, the bill is going to come due. Now let me ask you this: you can't blame the Bucks for what they're doing, right? I mean. For years and years, you know, they were a fiscally uh, smart team in that they, you know, when when people when players' contracts were up, um, most of the money was guaranteed in the first two years. So they always could walk away without taking on what's called dead cap money or dead money uh, that's on your salary cap, but you're, you don't have the use of the players. So that's what, for example, New Orleans has with Drew Brees. They kept borrowing from his salary and pushing, you know, pushing more and more uh, dead money. I think. I think he may cost them twenty million dollars this year, um, even though he's not on the team. The Bucks have never done that, and this year, that's all they're doing. They're pushing everything to the back of and and you know, in, the, in one sense, it's smart because they know the salary cap's going to go up. It's it's incredibly low because of the pandemic and all of that. New TV contracts are going to be signed, so the next two three years, there's going to be a lot of money in the player pot. But by the same token. Um, you can't blame them, right? They got a 69-year-old coach and a 44-year-old quarterback. No, and they're winning. They won a Super Bowl, and right. they are at this minute the favorites to win next year's Super Bowl. We all know how that goes. That could change in a, in a minute. We all thought a year ago at this time Kansas City was going to win it. Right. And But yet, like, what are we playing for? What's the point of all this? If you're exactly. not going to – You know, you have this opportunity. And I get it. There are teams like the Rays who are trying to compete year after year after year, and they have, this is how they how they do it. They have to – you know, look to the future and trade 
you know, trade guys well before they want to trade them because it helps their payroll. Prospects and, and I get all that, you know. Mm-hmm. But and there may come a time. I'm sure there'll come a time in five years where people are going to say, "Ah, man, they they really boy, they really mortgaged the future back then," you know. But I mean, in the meantime, <laughs> you like yeah. playing in January. You like playing early February. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah, no that that is what it's all about. And and really, if you look at at the two the two leagues, the, you know, the, the AFC and the NFC. I mean, to be honest with you, most of the good young quarterbacks or, you know, very competitive teams are in the AFC. I mean, I think in the NFC, we don't know what's going to happen with our Russell Wilson, Seattle. They're, they're not going to trade him. Obviously. I don't think so. Um, Deshaun Watson could leave Houston and we don't know if he's going to stay in the same uh, conference or if he, yeah, he switch, could end up, end up in the, the end NFC, up the NFC someplace, I suppose. But if you just look at the quarterbacks, right. Um, who do you like in the NFC outside of, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? I mean, yeah, it you know, gets pretty there, thin. I mean, Dak Prescott, if he's healthy, Dak, you know? if he's healthy, although, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, I think have work to do there. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo took a team that was defensive mostly to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but he's not proven to be healthy or consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could say the Rams with Matthew Stafford now, you know, is a yeah, pretty but show good quarterback. Me, you know, you got to show me. You yeah, got to show me you can yeah. do it. I I think he's going to be really but, good, and I do think the Rams are good. But um, but I got to see it. But there's not there's not a lot of great. I mean, you know, we're going to go with Kyler Murray in, in Arizona. I mean, there's not a ton of you know guys to go up against Tom Brady like you used to be all the time. Whether it was Peyton Manning or whatever in the AFC, I think the AFC. You know, you've got a bunch of them. I mean, started with Mahomes and Josh Allen and. Um, you know, you can go on I think and on. Baker, but, uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be a decent quarterback. Be a good quarterback, yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is coming into the league. He's going to be in the AFC. Joe Burrow, I think, showed some yes, promise. Cincinnati. So we're talking. I mean, talking over the next, you know, like six, seven years, yeah. or five years or so. Right. Even, you know. So yeah. they're going to be favored. I mean, I, you know, I, I think the one thing, and this is insane to me, right? But it's, it's, it's what we do sometimes, or what we did on talk radio, and these guys have a show every day. So, you know, actually, they got ten shows. But one of the shows on ESPN, um, the question was, will the Bucks go undefeated? I saw that. And I went, I went are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, are you out of your skull? Are you kidding me? Uh, and then I thought about it, and I thought, well, you know, the only guy that almost did that outside of the, the 72 Dolphins was Tom Brady. He was 18-0 right. when he lost on a uh, – 17-0, right? Or 17-0 when he lost on a David Tyree helmet catch. Right. You know? Um, and that's how close he came to perfection. It is one more thing he hasn't checked off on his box yet, the undefeated season. But they're not going to be – let's let's just dial it back a little bit, folks. Yeah, I mean, you know how hard it is? I mean, it hasn't been done, as you said, since 72. It's hard to lose every game, as we've seen. You know, it's hard to make that first teams down, can, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's hard to, get it, hard to win a game. It is hard to win a game. I talk, Listen, I talked to Brad Johnson the other day. We were talking about repeating, and that was the first thing he said to me. He goes, Rick – do you know how hard it is to win a game in the NFL? <laughs> and I go, yeah, because I've seen them lose a lot of games, Brad, a lot of games in the 18 years since you guys won the Super Bowl. You know. Well, I mean, I look back at that again, going into midway through last year, and if you'd have told me somebody's going to beat Kansas City when it matters, I would have said no way. Kansas right. City is, and even about 10 minutes before the game, about 10 minutes after the game started, the Super Bowl, I still thought Kansas City <laughs> was going to win. Um, it's, you're right. It's, it's, the league is, is built in such a way that it just, it's hard on everybody, but I, this team, 
when you have your chance, that's the point here. When you have your chance, mm-hmm. these chances don't come along very often. You go into a season, and there's always a couple teams that sort of come out of nowhere that, you, well, I didn't see that team coming. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, like, we're going in the next season. I could probably, if you give me seven guesses, you know, seven teams. If you give me up to seven teams, I bet you I could pick the Super Bowl winner. Oh, I do too. I do too. And, and Sean Payton said this uh, beginning of last year. He goes, you know, everybody's goal is to win the Super Bowl, and they all everybody says that, and it should be your goal no matter who you are, uh, one through 32. He goes, but in reality, he says, there's about five or six teams that really have a chance. Right. You know, and he's right. And, you know. Now, sometimes those teams, you don't realize who those teams are until you get to, you know, decently into the season or you know three or four of them i, know, I think going in like a- i think going in i i would bet you that right now you could pick the super bowl winner in five in five no, i think you're right i think next you're right year. kansas I think city kansas city buffalo tampa bay green bay yeah and then i'll and then there's and then probably you, then one you other roll team the dice that, yeah, and it's right. likely to be one of those teams maybe new right. orleans like you know maybe a new orleans a, a team that that is good and then somehow you know catches fire for one reason or another but yeah, I mean, I, I think we could get it within within five guesses, yeah. and and certainly the Bucks. It's been weird, it, and you know we've experienced this with the Lightning as Stanley Cup champions uh, twice over now, but it is weird to see, and it's because of Brady and and what he's done. Uh, it's never been done before, but you know it's weird to see the Bucks being always at the top of of every of every TV show of every NFL show. That's what people are talking about. You know who else they're talking about? right now and it's interesting are the new england patriots Mm. and they went through uh you know a a finally a losing season for bill belichick i mean you know we talked about this if that was a divorce you know tom brady got the house uh child support alimony the vacation home in maui you know all the best cars and bill belichick is living on a trailer down by the river i mean i mean he doesn't even have netflix down there yeah it did not it did not go well and yet they brought back Cam Newton, right? That can't be their plan. The, the plan cannot be Cam Newton. Maybe a bridge quarterback, right? I mean, that, that can't be what they're planning so on they doing. Signed, so they bring back Cam, then they go out and they sign a bazillion dollars bringing in all these free agents. They're yeah, they get did. All these guys who, who opted out last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have it like a, I think they have a pretty decent draft pick, like middle of the past, 15 or so. Yeah, 15, yeah. So, I mean, it looks like – Belichick's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna start going for it again. But then now you bring back Cam Newton, and, I, and there's a lot of talk out there that I've seen where people feel like, no, they can win with Cam if you surround them with the right people, you could win. I don't think so. Not the Cam that I saw the last two years, and I thought last year he was supposedly somewhat healthy as right. compared to the previous year. So uh, he I, started. Yeah, he, I agree with you. I mean, he started out okay. Remember the first week or so. Everybody was like, whoa, how come nobody saw Cam Newton was out there all this time? They got him for nothing, you know. And and then, you know, I will say this, and I don't know the – I really don't know where to put this because he did get COVID. And yeah. there was – you know, he didn't That's seem to fair. play the same afterwards. And, and, and I know he has mentioned it a few times. Look, you're going in there you, – do you want to be the guy that's taking over for Tom Brady somewhere? Really? No, you want to be the guy after the guy, Right. You don't want to be that guy that's coming in, even though Cam Newton is a well-known commodity and an MVP of the league and, and been to a Super Bowl and all that. Um, you know, he, he didn't know the offense either. He didn't know any players. And there's a reason why Tom Brady, Brady left. They didn't have anybody there to surround him with. I mean, he looked at that roster and said, goodness, I got to get someplace where there's some players. 
And Cam Newton goes in there and he gets his brains beat out and everybody goes, ah, Cam Newton, he's dead. You know, he's terrible. He can't play. Well, guess what? The other guy didn't like who he had either. So, you know, now you hamstring him with a new quarterback who doesn't have any players around him and he doesn't know the offense and, and, and his skill sets are different than Brady's. I think the second year he probably will be a little bit better. But it's clear to me that Belichick, who hasn't done this really, is is you know very cognizant in my mind. This is about a lot of things. One, he can't stand losing. We get that. But two, um, Tom Brady's going to go into Gillette Stadium this year. Yeah. Uh, in 2021, can you imagine? Whenever that game is, and I would think sooner than later, but whenever that game is, what that atmosphere and that what the talk will be on the radio in Boston that week, and you know. Does Bill Belichick, as competitive as him and Tom Brady are, do you think he wants to go out there and get his brains beat in? No, There's absolutely no not. Way. No, no. And I, I saw a clip, and you probably everybody's seen it by now. Like the Boston radio guys having a complete meltdown on air when they yeah. found out that Cam Newton was coming back. But you have to think that Belichick. I'm going to give him credit. I mean, I like to give him the benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's doing. He had other options, I'm sure. He could have, you know, Andy Dalton just signed with Chicago. I'm sure he could have gone on. And, and I don't think they're done. I mean, I, let's be clear. I, I, I still but a quarterback, that, they're done, aren't they? Now? Well, no, I, I mean, mean I, th- like, I think it's possible. I, I think it's very possible that they could still move up in the draft, grab somebody um, to groom. I think I think Cam could be a bridge quarterback. He's only there on a one-year deal. Right, but, I mean, on opening day, he's, you would on expect opening day, he's going to be your starter. Yeah, I think unless, unless you were to pull off the trade of the century, and I don't think that, that – you know, the Texans are dumb enough to send Deshaun Watson to New England. Um, but unless something like that were to happen or, you know, San Francisco ends up with Deshaun Watson and trades Garoppolo, things that we can't really anticipate, right. it's fantasy football. But, yeah, it looks like Cam Newton will be their opening day starter. And, you know, but the the cast he's put around him with Hunter Henry and some of these guys that he that he grabbed off the free, agent, uh, free agency on both sides of the ball, they're going to be – a lot better football team. There's no question about that. Um, he's upgraded the talent, and he's and he, it's interesting because he saw Tampa Bay do this. I mean, he saw you know you, you can't get past the fact that every every player that scored in that Super Bowl was not on the roster when the season started. Right. You know what I mean? They came from somewhere else, Gronk and Brown and Leonard Fournette and all of that. So I think it's fascinating. The one thing the Bucks have to do, though, Tom, if they're going to win uh, and win big, because they didn't do this last year. They got to win the NFC South, right? I mean, you, it starts with winning your division. If you don't want to go on the road, and I and I will say this: as hard as the year was, and it was hard for Brady, no off season. We talked about all that, but if you're going to go on the road, we also said this: that was the year to do it because there was no or very little uh, fanfare at any of those stadiums. Although I would argue that Green Bay was breaking a bunch of rules with their noise, but that aside, uh, that was a hostile environment, even with supposedly 9,000 people. But I will, I will say this. That's not like 65,000. That's no. not like, that's not like uh, going into Washington or going into New Orleans with that dome full. You know, they got a huge break in that sense. And so you need to win the division to get some home games and maybe, maybe even a bye week. Um, but I think people look at Drew Brees retiring, and I get it. We can talk about Breeze and what he meant to New Orleans and, and, you know, what a great Hall of Fame quarterback he is. He won one Super Bowl. He won one a long time ago. And it's a team game. I get it. But Sean Payton's a pretty good coach, and they have a pretty good football team, and they're still pretty good. 
they've just they're going to have a new quarterback, and it's not going to be a guy they're unfamiliar with. I mean, Jameis Winston took a gamble last year. He went there to the Harvard Quarterback School of the South. He wanted to succeed, uh, you know, Drew Brees. But there's a guy named Taysom Hill there that they went to instead as the starter when Brees was out. Um, but this year they're both going to compete, and I'm telling you, we're going to find out what lessons you can learn in a year under Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees because I'm not I'm not ready to say that New Orleans Saints aren't aren't going to come out and just be the a tough out again for the Bucks. They haven't beaten them, you know, other than the playoffs. They lost five in a row before that, right. but. Are you are you are you bullish on on Jameis Winston in year two in New Orleans, or do you think that it's going to be Taysom Hill, or do you think that the Saints just kind of fall apart because their leader is gone? I don't think they fall apart, but I like Tampa Bay a lot better at this point, and I like him a lot better because I like their quarterback a lot better. I yeah. don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Rick, you you know that better than me, and I want to get your thoughts on it more than than what I I look at Taysom Hill, and I I'm not convinced that guy can play, and I know the the sample size is very small. It's very limited. And I don't know that, you know, he's a guy, for the most part, other than when Drew Brees was banged up, guys coming in for basically a play here and there to play quarterback. It's not the same as preparing each week. Although being, he was he was hard yeah. to just play double. He was 3-1 and one as right, a starter last right. year. Right, when, when, when Brees had the rib injury, I get all that. Yeah. But he, was, he still wasn't the man. And I still think they, they protected him. I still think they tried to play around him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that. They had a good, team, a good enough team to do that. If they have to get into shootout with people, I'm not sure Taysom Hill is one of those guys who can do it. I mean, yeah. one of the games he won, didn't they beat? I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong about. Didn't they beat Denver when Denver had no quarterback at all? I think you're right. Yeah. And so I'm not saying Taysom Hill's a bum, but I'm I'm also not convinced he can play at a high level. I think Jason has a much Jason uh, James Winston has a much higher upside, a much higher ceiling. Clearly has some. Has a lower basement because we've seen him lo- outright lose games. I think Jameis is going to be the guy, Rick. I mean, you know both of these. You know Sean Payton better than I do, and and I'm sure he. It's clear last year that he he really values protecting the football, which is why Jameis didn't play. But I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I mean, I I think that that Payton was really intrigued by Taysom Hill. Um, and, and doing some of the things that you see around the league with the you know w- with the spread option, the run pass options, all of that stuff, um, and I think you got to look at it. And I still think he likes the guy a lot, but you could have argued last year, and and you know Hill got hurt, so he wasn't even available to play in the playoff game, which was a huge break for the Bucks because he's a big part of their offense. But you could have argued almost because of Breeze's, you know broken ribs and it turns out he had you know the shoulder injury and, and more things than anybody realized they'd have been better off playing Jameis Winston and what I mean by that is at least he he challenges you vertically you know like Drew Brees just could not get the ball down the field and, and any defense that doesn't have to defend you know the deep shots uh, is going to have a big advantage because they were sitting on all their receivers that's why they got those interceptions so I I think that I think that they're going to find that you know it's I heard somebody say this, and, I, and it all depends on Winston and whether or not he's learned how not to lose games, you know, because there was never any doubt about, you know, can he throw the ball? Yeah, Jameis has a big arm. Um, does he get football? Does he work hard? Yeah, everybody works hard. Uh, his problem, I thought, was just the way he played reckless with the football, and you, you cannot win games in the National Football League like that. You might have gotten away with it at Florida State because your defense bailed you out or you're just better than everybody you played. 
But he never he, – he always played the game as if he was always going to be the quarterback and it didn't matter what he did, um, he was going to keep firing. Well, that that's what got you in New Orleans as a third-string quarterback, that mentality. If they can coach that out of him, and I don't know that you can, but if he can learn – because the greatest winner of football games, I think, is Brady. If he learns how to win games and not try to be the reason, you know, you win or not be the guy that loses them, I think I think Winston still has has the potential um, to have a second act, you know. And you know what? I mean, there's some parallels to Breeze in, in San Diego, mm-hmm. you know, uh, getting getting thrown out of there, and they drafted a, you know, Philip Rivers, and before you knew it, even though. Breeze took his team to the playoffs and made a Pro Bowl before he got out of there. Jameis didn't do that, but they gave up on Drew Brees in San Diego. Right. And, you know, he got hurt, and I get all that, but they were they were moving on as it was. They had Doug Flutie, and then and then it was uh it was Phillip Rivers. So maybe, maybe Jameis Winston um fulfills his promise that he had at Florida State as number one overall pick. Maybe there's a second act for him. I'd feel pretty good about having Sean Payton as my play caller. I'll tell you that. Me, yeah, and if I'm the Tampa Bay Bucks, or not even not even from the Bucks, if I'm me, I'd be a lot more afraid of. I'm more afraid of Jameis Winston than I am of Taysom Hill. I just, yep. I, oh, yeah. again, no I doubt. think his ceiling is so much higher. No and doubt. you hit on something just a minute ago. I, you know, the only time he really lost his job, and I know they benched him at other times because of poor play. The only time he truly lost his job here was when he had when he was suspended. You know, when he stood, when he had to. The first what four games or yeah whatever it was, I don't. I think you hit on something just a minute ago. There was I don't think he ever was really truly scared of not being the court, starting quarterback in Tampa Bay. Well, I don't either. He got benched one time in Cutters last year because Dirk, you know, after after replacing uh, Fitzpatrick, um, you know, with Jameis and Jameis didn't play well, he sat him down because he had to save his job. There was still a small window there where, where I think Dirk felt like I got to do something or I'm going to get fired. Right, and he went went to Fitzpatrick. It was a wrong decision, and then he went back to Jameis. But you're right. I I never felt like there was ever a year that Winston felt like he had to compete and earn something. I think it, you know it was given to him, and they they really never challenged him that way. And now he's going to have to beat somebody out. I mean, you know, Taysom Hill's not just going to roll over, although he can do other things on the football team. But you know, it's uh. We'll see. Sometimes taking think, a step you know, back. With, with all due respect to, to Ryan Fitzpatrick too, and I and I don't. I'm sure Jameis had a ton of respect for Ryan. I'm not projecting, and I don't know. I've never talked to Jameis about this, but there had to be some part of Jameis Winston deep down. It's like I'm not losing my job to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Be real. That's not going to happen. Well, you, I don't know yeah. if that's the case in New Orleans, though. Where he's he's he can look at Taysom Hill and say, like, if I don't play well, they will put this other guy in. You know? Yeah, and yet he's still he's still. Having said all that, he still chose because he's a free agent to come back there. Right. So he must have some confidence in himself or some confidence that Sean Payton believes that he's the answer. You know, mm-hmm. um, not that Hill won't play and do other things because he can, but there had to be a reason why, you know, because I imagine Jameis Winston could have gone a lot of places. Look, I mean, you know, Andy Dalton just went to Chicago, right? Um, Washington you know, had an opening before they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I Tyrod mean, Taylor might wind up being the starter in Houston if Deshaun Watson doesn't play there. You I mean, know, if you, New Orleans, if before Cam came back, New or, or New, New England, New England, yeah, could have been an opportunity. Right. So I mean, there's you know, there, there likely would have been some place for him to say, you don't know if Joe Burrow's going to be ready game one or whatever. He could have started there. So I, I think that. You know, Jameis is making a calculus of his own based on whatever talks he's had with people that 
he is going to be the starting quarterback because I don't think he comes back there. Although I want it to happen so bad. I think it would be awesome. I, well, I mean, if he gets the job, we're going to see him two times against the Bucs I think for a that whole would be, game. That would be incredible, and I will hope the last it comes down to the last game and both teams are like 11-4, and four and, the winner, <laughs> and, the, and the winner gets the number one seed and the loser is the sixth seed. You know, that would be. How tough do you think it was for him to watch the Bucs win a Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. No. For, and here's the thing, Rick. It's because they had a good team, and I'm sure he heard it. I know he heard it is the people blamed him for them not. They went out and got somebody else. And I, I realized they went out and got Tom Brady. <laughs> you like yeah, it's But you it's still like got, they went out you and got, still got fired either way they were going to You got fired, break. right? Yeah. No, you you yeah, your you, your wife left you <laughs> and she married George Clooney and you're like, uh, and then he, and then George Clooney won the Oscar. It's like, "Oh man, really?" Like Yeah, this? call call me pet. I'm I'm kind of I'm of that uh vindictive like look, I I I don't mean in, in a romantic way, but I think if somebody comes in and takes your job, do you really want them to have success? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You know he wanted, and I don't blame him. I'm sure he was. I'm yeah. I, I deep down he had to have been rooting for Kansas City in the Super Bowl. And I deep down he's he was got a lot for of Chicago. friends on the team. But yeah, I, I know. But it had to be hurtful, right? At, yeah, at, I have a lot. Of, you have a lot of friends that work at you know. You know, think about when you grew up, Rick. Or if you played on a a team, like on a on a travel team. I had a buddy, one of my best friends. We played on some tournament teams together, and then we had another yeah. tournament where they joined up with another team instead of our team. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to lose. I'm like, I don't want you guys to win without me on that team. Oh, right, for sure. You know, well, I so. wasn't a big fan of who was playing in front of me when I was when I was in college or or high school or anywhere anywhere else that I ever played Legion ball, you name it. And you shouldn't feel bad about that because the guy playing behind you feels the same way. Yeah, he wants you to fail. I think that's the you know it, it's and it's difficult when you think about team sports, right? And you think about the Bucks, and I think that's what every player talks about. And we we know the problems that Fournette had with it, but professional sports, especially guys, this is how they make their living. You know. How do you root? You're a team. You're, are you a team player? Well, yeah, but if this guy, if this guy gets off, I'm never going to see the field, or you know, I'm not going to get paid, or I'm not going to have a long career. I mean, it's really hard, you know. In the higher level you go, and I only went as far as Division One college. I'm telling you, it's cutthroat. It's cutthroat as can be. I was a kid. This is just a small example, but I was a kid out of Florida, right? And we had about two or three of us. Um, actually from St. Petersburg that were on that team in Arkansas State. I, I start my junior year, Tom. I am 7 for 21 with a bunch of RBIs, and I'm on the bus, and we're coming back from Louisiana. I had a pretty good series there. And I'm listening to my teammates talk about how we could refigure the infield, and I would leave and not be playing, and the guy uh, – who was a year younger than me that was on the team the year before, he would be the starting second baseman. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, what have I gotten myself into? Like, right. we, we just swept, you know, uh, Louisiana Tech, and I had a great series, and they think I'm asleep, and I'm hearing everything they're saying on the team bus about how, they're gonna, how they should replace me. That's what college sports is. Imagine what it's like at the professional level, Right. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure. Like, yeah, I, there's it's no hard way to get that, guys to buy yeah, in. You know? There's no, and I'm and Jameis. Uh, I'm sure at the end of all of it, he, you know, he, I'm sure he's happy for his buddies and everything. But 
Yeah. Could not I have wished been. it was him. It sure, could not have absolutely. could not have hurt worse, in my opinion. Right, right. But now he's got something he can do about it. Now he can get them in his own division, right? With a good football team and, and he's gonna be he's gonna be the heir apparent. So I think that's pretty good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, uh, I'll wrap it up on this. Uh, you know, I'm watching the lightning, Tom. I know, you know, you said last year it was all about the playoffs. I think that's the same thing this year. But mm-hmm. what do you see from this lightning team so far? Um, they're off to a great start, one of the best starts ever. And they don't have their best player. Yeah, that's the amazing part of all this. And now, and now you're just you're just hoping they can stay motivated for the next, you know, month and a half or six weeks or eight weeks or so. It just seems like they they, you know, we watched them the other night and they had they they have these rough games and and you're so stunned when they have a bad game. You're like, mm-hmm. and I, it, it feels like, oh my gosh, is there something wrong? Or they, <laughs> you know, and it's like, no. You relax. realize sometimes other teams win too, right? Right. You can't, yeah. You, yeah. I just think it's. It's almost like, wake me up when the playoffs get here. You know, and <laughs> it's they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make it easily. You just hope that every there are no other injuries. You know, the thing I'm really impressed with Rick is, and I this is shouldn't surprise me because for about three years now I keep waiting for ah this is it. This Stamkos is done. He's done. You know, and he yeah. and he still can play. He still and can skate. Yeah, still can skate and he still can shoot and he still can score. You know, I was ready to give up on him. You know, there was. He had some rough moments a couple of years ago, and I and I was thinking like, Ugh, too many injuries, too banged up, and then you you know after everything that happened last year, last season, and you're thinking like, can he come back from this? And yeah, he's been their best player at at, at times outside of Victor Hedman. So, um, yeah, I think this. And not afraid to mix it up, which is what's really surprised me. Like he'll go into corners and he'll he'll take rib shots and everything else. I have you as know. much respect for him. And it's funny because you, I hadn't always thought that, it, but I have as much respect for him as any athlete in Tampa Bay. I mean, what he's been through physically, snapping a leg and having yeah. a rib ter- torn out of his body yeah. because of a blood clot, and then, then he had a really bad knee injury, and then he had everything he went then through the last moment, year. I still say the greatest – I mean, we can talk about Ronnie Barber's interception. I suppose we can even talk about this past um, Super Bowl if we wanted to with Shaq Barrett and some of the others. I still say the most goosebump moment I've seen in championship in Tampa was the goal that he had, um, you know, in the Stanley Cup Finals. You know that, what you just said? Okay, so I'm going to throw you on the spot here. So the, the great championship runs that the, that the Tampa Bay teams have had. Right. So we go back and we think about the 2004 Lightning. We mm-hmm. had the Marty St. Louis Marty goal Saint Louis in goal. Game 6. Yeah, no doubt. And then in this year's – this past year's Stanley Cup, you mentioned it, the Stephen Stamkos goal. That was it. The Bucks' first run to the Super Bowl, we had to Ronde. Ronde Barber's interception, yeah. Right. Okay. And then we've had, you know, the Rays have had a couple of signature moments with the with the Longoria game 162. And then this year's World Series, mm-hmm. um, we had the, the um, Brett Phillips play. Brett Phillips game, yeah. Okay. So if, we, if you had to boil down this past 
Bucks season. Ah, uh, you didn't give me any advance. I know, on this. and maybe, and this, maybe this is something we can think about for next time. Like, is there one? You know, play I'll tell you. I'll tell you the play. Out? I'll tell you the play that stands out for me, and 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 many people may disagree with this. Um, it was in the championship game, uh, and it was against Green Bay, mm-hmm. uh, and. And I, I could give you a better play uh, maybe a week earlier or so uh, against New Orleans that may have, may, may have kept them alive that otherwise they don't even get to Green Bay. But we're watching the Green Bay game, and, and they get off to a really good start, and Tom Brady's converting every third down, even though they're all third and 11s, third and mm-hmm, sevens, mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes down the field and they score a touchdown, great. Um, but it was at the end of that first half when um, they had the punt team on the field, and they mm-hmm. pulled them off yeah, the yeah. field. And they went for it and got the first down, and then they took that shot to Scotty Miller. That touchdown pass to Scotty Miller in that moment where, you know, credit credit the Bucks for taking advantage of really bad defense by the Packers. But nonetheless, to hit a deep ball there and go up, what, 21 to 3 or 7 or whatever it was, I thought was was what vaulted them not only in that game but all the way to the Super Bowl. That's it. That's got to be the play. That's got to be the play. That's because that that made me stand. Like, this doesn't happen much when you you've been there, Tom. When you're in the yeah. press box and you like come out of your seat and you're like, oh my god, like you just you kind of like are so stunned that this is actually happening in that moment because it's just <laughs> not supposed to. Right? I remember watching it on TV in my living room and I was I was by myself and I I, I screamed out too like, oh he's open. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, he's he's open. He's got happened. him. He's got him. This is gonna work. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that's a no-brainer. I think that is the play. I mean, there were a couple other plays that stand out. The, the, uh, the, the Tyler Johnson third catch. That oh, was geez, that was yeah. Like, and was then I'm sure there were some, some uh, plays. There were big ones in New Orleans Mahomes, be- because running around and stuff. Yeah, I think the, some of the sacks and whatnot. But I, uh, the interception, obviously, um, that Winfield had. But I, I, I do think that um, you know against against uh, against New Orleans, the biggest play. You know they're they're about to go down, they're about to go down fourteen points, I think, to New Orleans, who has just who's just got a first down and cross midfield. They're inside the forty, I think, the Bucks forty. They complete a pass to Jared Cook and Antoine Winfield Jr. strips the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know Devin White picks it up and runs it into scoring territory. That's a fourteen point swing. They go down and score a touchdown. And I'm telling you, that game was about to get out of hand for the Bucks. It's about to get out of hand, and that was a huge defensive play. So, I mean, that kind of got him in the next round, and we know what happened. But yeah, the Scotty Miller, for me, is yeah, that's got to be one. it. That's got to be it. I, yeah, by, easily, that's the answer. Yeah, that's probably it. So, what do we got going on at uh, Pointer.org uh, that you can talk about in your newsletter? Uh, I'm trying to think. It's, you know what? It's quiet on the I, Western. You know, front? it's funny. I was listening to Brian Stelter from CNN. He was on a podcast with Jimmy Traina from Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has a sports media, and they were talking about sort of the post-Trump sort of impact on like places like CNN and all cable news networks, for that matter. And Brian Seltzer said, you know, on his show, it used to be like, okay, we got to leave with something Trump on Sunday. And he said, now there's like, now I have a choice of like five things, you know, that, and I don't know, you know, and that's the way it is now with the newsletter. It's like, I wrote about Trump a little bit for like people will hear this, but just barely, just barely mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, now it's mostly about COVID and yeah. the, the vaccine, and Vaccines. hopefully people are going to get it. And and um, I'm ready. I'm ready to get mine. Uh, I've had one shot. 
Oh, you have. You've had one shot. Okay, yeah. there you go. I've had and one how was shot. it? You know, it was interesting. It was it was uh, Pfizer, and um, uh, my arm was very sore. Mm-hmm. I, I will say for about two days, and I. It was weird because instantly, <laughs> I don't, this is just me. I think I'm just w- wigging out. But I was in a car and I'd go through the line, and um, you know they make you wait 15 minutes before you can drive away. I, mean, right. I don't know what you're supposed to do if you say I don't feel good because your car's sitting there and I don't have anybody <laughs> with me. But whatever. Um, and as soon as I caught it, I'm sitting there and I got lightheaded. I'm like, what the hell? Maybe I was just de- dehydrated. I think you need to drink a lot of water um, with that. But uh, but yeah, it was the sore arm, and then I was very tired. Like that mm, that evening go, yeah. by seven o'clock. Now I hear the second one. I'll you know ask me in a couple of weeks because I hear the second one is the doozy. The That's second what I've one, heard as well. yeah, yes. the second one is the one that you might feel some some symptoms, even a fever, you know that kind of thing. So I know we'll people who, who've had it, uh, like every scenario you can get. That really, the first one wiped them out. Second one wasn't so bad. First one mm. was fine. Second one wiped them out. Neither one was bad. Yeah. Both of them were bad. <laughs> you know, so it's... Uh, you know what? I I had a um, shingle shot about... Oh, I had the, the shingles. A year are horrible. ago. Are horrible. That knocked me on my rear end, man, for about really, a day really? and a half. Yeah, really? I was wow. wiped out. Shingles. Now, I'd rather have the shot than the shingles. You know, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Apparently, shingles are pretty pretty nasty, but... They are. Um, but yeah, that, even that shot... Wipe me out. So yeah, hopefully everybody's going to get the vaccine sooner. Well, don't be afraid of it. It does. Yeah. It really isn't much. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure it varies in, in age and everything else. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited that we might get our world back. We might get sports back. We might be able to. Uh, I hope when safe, Tom Brady but. goes to Foxborough, it's a packed house. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, if they can do it, they'll pack it. There's no doubt about that. Imagine what that ticket's going to cost. <laughs> Somebody in Boston said today, and I'll leave you with this. It was one of those talk radio shows, so take it for what it's worth. But they said, you know what? Uh, they're better off uh, with all these free agents than they would have been with just Brady because Brady took all the money. Like, wait, he only took $25 million. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. If they had gotten these players for Tom Brady, he'd still be there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that was why he left, man. Exactly. Well, so, enjoy Cam, fellas. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> yeah, year number two of Cam. We'll right. see what happens. But all right, Tommy, you will uh, have you back. I want to talk a little media, a little sports media with you. I on love Friday. talking sports media. We'll do that. Yeah, all right. Fun Sounds good. good. Thanks, buddy. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. We're going to talk more free agency, of course, and then uh, we'll, we'll discuss uh, some stuff with Tom Jones. Sports media broadcasters is going to be on the menu on Friday. So for Steve Versnick, our producer, I'm Rick Stroud of Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. 